Hey there, romance nerd. Romance might be known for their happy endings, but these scandals only ended in despair. <gasps> Get ready for the petty side of our favorite genre <laughs> for the next hour. <laughs> or more. <laughs> it's not all roses and rainbows. Sometimes it's thorns and heartbreak. <gasps> XOXO, Jen and Jackie. <laughs> you went there. Hey there, romance nerds! Welcome back to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. And this podcast is brought to you by Northern Onondaga Public Library. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things related to Romance Landia. With that being said, please be aware that sometimes our material may be a little too sensitive for younger listeners. If you need to wait until they go to bed, we'll still be here for you. So without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I'm ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage! Don't make me laugh too hard because that is what I cough. All right. I can't help that I'm funny. Like, what do you want from me? I know. This isn't going to be funny. I can't contain this. I'm going to apologize from the beginning of this joke. But, Jen, are you ready to talk about scandals? No. Oh, too bad. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm sorry. Do you want to redo that? I'll be serious. Yes, I am so serious. I am so ready, Jackie. (laughs) All right, then. Let's get this party started and spill some of it. See, it's really bad. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't tell jokes. Okay. <laughs> you just got it, didn't you? Because <laughs> we're spilling tea. We're throwing tea into the Boston Harbor. I mean, I love that I got to not use my sarcastic compliment towards you because that actually was kind of funny. So good job there. So if Jackie's actually funny joke and if my <laughs> oh, Gossip Girl intro did not clue you in, we are finally at one of the months I've looked forward to all year, our scandal episode. <gasps> Romance is not without its dramas on and off the page, and there have been some really big ones in recent years, so we're taking a month and talking about all the ridiculous situations, petty dramas, and actual tragic events that have plagued the genre. If you love Bravo, gossip, (laughs) or dumb drama that does not affect you, this is going to be your favorite month. Uh, If you are more emotionally healthy than me and find these things upsetting, it's probably not going to be your month, but (laughs) we have got lots in your catalog for you to enjoy. Well, I I suddenly realized that you love, like, the reality TV oh, shows. I, I, love real, I love Real Housewives. So you've been, like, waiting for yes. this one. Mm-hmm. I know you prepping. have. Yep. As always, thank you so much to Nopal for giving us a platform to talk about the seedier side of our favorite genre. You. Aside from just enjoying some tea, I think it's always a good idea to have some background knowledge of what goes on in making what you love. You shouldn't eat the sausage unless she knows exactly what's going on in the meatpacking plant. Oh my god, these puns. <laughs> but um yeah, so go put your kettle on, folks. We're gonna we're gonna brew some tea for you. We're gonna pour you a nice cuppa. Yes. There's yes. Your and before we begin, please we do wanna say, Jen and I, that we're kind of holding like a competition mm-hmm. for this month. Um and we want you, the listener, at the end of the month to weigh in. On what your favorite or the most ridiculous or mm-hmm. the one that stood out to you the most, the mm-hmm. scandal mm-hmm. that you preferred out of the ones that we speak about both today and for our next full-length episode. Mm-hmm. Um, email us, ragingromantics at nopal.org. Just a little reminder right there. Um, but yeah, and let us know who came up with a better scandal. It's going to be me because I already claimed RWA. I don't know. I get to talk about every librarian's least favorite author. So. Oh, that's true. We'll see. Not every... Okay, we'll get there. Okay. 
carry on. Thank you. So just to start off, there are a lot of minor things people freak out about on Twitter. So today I'm going to focus on scandals that were really impactful in the community, like the plagiarism scandals that were so big, people outside of Twitter heard about it. Mm-hmm. Or something like the insanity over Omegaverse, which actually dragged romance into the courtroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this episode, we're covering ones that are important, but I am saving the ultimate giant scandal that I consider like the scandal of all scandals mm-hmm. to next episode. I think everybody in Romancelandia considers Cons- it the scandal this, of all yeah. scandals. I and have, it's recent too. I have not heard of a bigger scandal at the moment. So there's a little teaser for next episode. Yes. So we are doing the dumpster fire next episode. Yeah. But we still have little mini fires to admire yes. this episode. Yes. And they're all centered around like plagiarism and ghostwriters yep. and authorship. So starting off there. Thank you. You're Jackie. welcome. What are your thoughts about plagiarism just in romance in general? I think that as with any genre, mm-hmm. any book genre, any type of writing, um, you're going to run the risk of it. Mm-hmm. And I think now more so than ever because of indie publishing yep. and especially with ebooks and digital publishing mm-hmm. where it's literally with digital publishing, it's great because you don't have to have an editor. You can upload everything yourself. But that being said, there's nobody there checking your work Mm -hmm. so (laughs) you can get away with a lot yeah and i think especially in the romance community plagiarism can be tricky because so much of our plots are trope based yeah so it's very easy to find a lot of overlap between books sometimes cowboy books just sound similar to the other Mm -hmm. ones and there's Mm -hmm. not a whole lot you can do about it or regency yeah i mean after a while things just kind of blur together i think it's very hard and I like I, I have some sympathy to authors who feel like, oh, I came up with a really original idea. There's really no original ideas no. anymore. Sorry. And guys. we'll talk about that in the next episode of the mm-hmm. Megaverse, but like how original is your original idea? Exactly. This is all really subjective at times to determine what's been stolen from who, if this was an accident, if this was malicious, if there's even any problem at all. But the first scandal we're going to talk about is not that way at all. No. <laughs> it is clear cut, straight yes, up, copying, yes. pasting from an author who stole over 90 books during her short-lived career. Yeah. Our first scandal, my beautiful romance nerds, involves Brazilian lawyer turned plagiarist. Christine, listen, I, you know, we I really don't care things. that we're saying her name wrong. To I, be honest. She's offline, so I don't care. But Christina. Christiane Soraya. Soraya. Something similar. Soraya. It's in the show Sir notes. Suryuya. I don't know. Suryuya. Christina Surio. Saraya. Saraya. Okay, Saraya. Double R. Saraya. Saraya. Okay. And what was actually her fatal mistake? <laughs> pissing off Nora Roberts. And Courtney Milan. Yeah, the two of them. You don't want to mess no, with them. No, 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 no. Especially Courtney Milan now. <laughs> it's February 2019 and a beautiful old day on Twitter since we haven't even heard what COVID will be. That was really bad singing because it was an angelic time. Sorry. <laughs> Courtney Milan gets a disturbing message from a reader. She's recently read a copy of the book Royal Love by Christine Surya and notices passages from Milan's book The Duchess War. <gasps> if you guys have never heard of Courtney Milan, how dare you? You are going to learn a lot about her in these episodes because she has a huge law background. She's a lawyer. She's very involved with Romance Landia. She's an author. And she is someone that does not take insults lying down. She goes for it. Milan goes through this book and realizes, oh, yeah, Surya's copied a ton of passages line by line. This isn't even anything you could excuse as, oh, it's just a trope of the genre. She has copy and pasted straight Every single words. Some examples are just a few sentences. Some are entire paragraphs. So Milan writes a blog post about it, tweets about it on Twitter, and basically all hell breaks loose. 
readers go through Surya's other works and keep finding more and more examples. At this point, Tessa Dare is finding her work plagiarized, along with authors like Cresley Cole, Karen Marie Moaning, Lisa K- uh, Kaypas, and eventually the total will come up to something like 43 authors she's stolen from. Mm-hmm. She even stole from Recipes. Which is really funny. Yeah, I saw that. Like, she plagiarized (laughs) cookbook recipes. And I'm like, what? It's nice to know she's an equal opportunity opportunity plagiarist. So good job. So Soraya does have a Twitter and social media presence. At the time. So we know she should be noticing all of this controversy. There's a whole hashtag at this point. Mm -hmm. Hashtag copy paste Chris. Yes. It all, sorry, I'll jump in there. Um, it all started, of course, when the one reader messaged Courtney Milan, and Courtney Milan was like, oh my God, what's going on? And then Tessa Dare started the hashtag, like mm-hmm. Jen said, copy paste Chris. Which is pretty brilliant. It was great. It's a really I good love one. Tessa Dare. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. And one of her, so she did like a whole Twitter chain, mm-hmm. pretty much. And one of her very first ones, the one to which I believe Soroya responded was, I am literally 9% into one book by at Chris Soroya, author of Royal Love, and have found text plagiarized from at least five different authors. Naughty, naughty. And what did Soroya reply to that? So eventually, and this takes hours, by the yeah. way. I guess you could say maybe there's a time difference with Brazil. Brazil is ahead of us. So, okay, then she has no excuse. She claims she was sleeping. Uh-huh. So this is her first response. This is her first kind of attempt at some kind of uh, patchwork, I guess. So dumb. Wow, wow, wow. I just woke up to this. How could I have been plagiarizing five authors? I love your books, and I am a lawyer. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't me. I would never. I just, I had to take a moment to laugh at that strategy. It was basically putting her palms up, all surprised, like that little kid meme. <gasps> oh, no, <What>? mister. <laughs> it wasn't me. It's like the bad start of a bad movie. And she responds to Milan's tweet with basically the same thing. What? I just woke up. Yeah. With multiple question marks. So many question we marks. We should say that these have all been, like, screenshotted. Yeah. Um, because now her entire like social media presence is wiped. Yeah, you definitely don't want to mess with Twitter either because they keep receipts. Yeah. So obviously, this was a great first strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does take royal love though down, so I guess maybe that's something if we want to like eventually. No, she does immediately take it down because oh. I think at this point she is trying to do some damage control. So okay. she's trying to be like, oh, I had no idea. Well, what? in her blog up. post, and I'll post it in the show notes. Courtney Milan, Milan, who is also a lawyer, by the yeah. way issued an immediate cease and desist so she did immediately take it down because i think she wanted to look like oh i'm taking this very seriously i had no idea yep so jackie Hmm. not that this ever would be you (laughs) but if this was you and you had all these screenshots of people proving over and over again that you've been plagiarizing from all these different authors and you would already try to i'm so tired and confused defense what is your next move well, first off, I would never do that. I'm tired and confused. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. This is what you have to work with. What do you do? <laughs> Blame someone else. <laughs> that is pretty close to what she does do. Do you want to know the tweet she finally releases to explain everything? Tell us all, Jen. This is from her Twitter. So this isn't in response to anybody. This is her. I just woke up to distressing news that my work has plagiarism from other authors. I am taking down all the works I did with a ghostwriter on Fiverr, who, by the way, has closed the account until I have made certain this is solved. She blames it on ghostwriters. Yes. And so for those of you who don't know what a ghostwriter is, I'm pretty sure everybody knows. But a ghostwriter is somebody that the author or an editor will pay to write the work 
for them. They are meant to be anonymous and secret. Yeah, not supposed to get any kind of credit, like a name on the book cover. Right. So an example, Nancy Drew has basically always been attributed to Carolyn Keene, but she didn't write all of them. I have a fun fact about the Nancy Drew oh my series. God, please tell us the fun fact. Um, Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, mm. um, even eventually the Babysitter, Babysitter Club, Club yep. was all well funded by the Stratemeyer Syndicate. Uh, wow. Yeah. That is a fun fact. Isn't that? Like, I knew they were a random series. I didn't know. There yeah, was, like, no, it was all, series. um, I have, I have a link. Mm-hmm. I have a link somewhere. I don't know where, but I have a whole That's thing really about cool. the Stratemeyer Syndicate, Jeez. and now I can't find it, so. <laughs> so they're really necessary to keep a series like that long running, because obviously Nancy Drew makes a ton of money. Just yeah. those kind of big long running series they're also very useful for celebrities who want to write memoirs mm-hmm. it's very common in nonfiction. yeah it's less so in fiction it is if you want to kind of protect a brand right right i will say it's useful for that reason because again you're not really creating anything in that case you're helping the person tell their story mm-hmm. or you're kind of just helping promote the nancy drew brand even further exactly yeah. Uh, this is becoming a different sort of beast in romance publishing, however. Yes. And some of these other indie spaces, like with what Surya basically did, where she's claiming, so also, it wasn't me who plagiarized. Fiverr, hmm. I don't know if Fiverr is still up, but it was, hmm. where basically you paid $5 for a ghostwriter. Yeah, the ghostwriter, I don't, I think these specific ghostwriters are gone. Yeah. Surya tried to be like, oh, I'm trying to find them and they're gone. You can still go Wink. Wink. And actually, when I was Googling, Wink. <laughs> when I was Googling ghostwriting, because I wanted to make sure I had a good definition, it's very easy to find a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pages and pages of results. It's fairly cheap, actually. Yeah. So I'm not sure how ghostwriters make money in these spaces. I guess maybe if they do enough of them, they probably make some, a little bit of cash. But yeah, this is what some indie authors do rather than do their own work. They will either get ghostwriters, they'll get kind of like a team of authors to write mm-hmm. under their own name, and that's what it sounds like Surya did when she's claiming, hey, it wasn't me who plagiarized, it was these other people I paid to write my books. So this is kind of becoming one of the consequences to the indie Amazon culture, and it's something we're going to be talking about more in the publishing episode we're planning, mm-hmm. because it's becoming a really big deal, mm-hmm. like these cabals of authors that are And I'll talk about it a ridiculous. little bit later on in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that excuse helped her at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> romance readers are smart, Jen. Romance authors just, might not be. You, well, just, the majority are, but. I really don't understand what happened in her brain where she was like, okay, I they found me out for plagiarism. Clearly, it'll help if I say I don't even write my own stuff. <laughs> so, we finally get to the point that some of these ghostwriters actually come forward to Courtney Milan and some of the other bloggers and news people that are talking about this case, and they all tell a similar story. So this is a quote from a commenter on the original post Milan had. Her work, when given to me, was a number of mismatched scenes that needed expanding, as she said. Mm. I took for granted that these were her own words and embellished as she requested, as this is how I work. I often help authors who are too close to their own book to help get it in shape for publication. Now, I can see that it was very possible those were plagiarized scenes that she was hoping a ghostwriter would change enough to make unrecognizable. Hmm. You kind of have to take this with a grain of salt, since these are anonymous posters. It's just kind of the nature from ghostwriting. You're Mm -hmm. not really supposed to be famous from ghostwriting. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not supposed to be public figures. But 
this is what Milan reported. This is what other people have seen. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to a comment that was told to Luca Morta, a blogger who seems to be the only person who actually got to talk to Saria about all of this. Hmm. Uh, when I was researching this, I found a lot of blogs that referred to this interview, which is how I became aware of it, but it had been deleted. I did manage to find it on the Wayback Machine, so I was able to read it originally. And that link will be in our show notes. Honestly, all of our links will be in the references today. Yes. Because it would be super embarrassing yes. to be accused of plagiarizing something yes. during a discussion of plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> also, I should say, the sidebar, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you're scrolling through the show notes and you're like, oh my God, they end halfway and there's like none of the books they talk about or none of the links, mm-hmm. just hit the website button. It'll take you to the full show notes. I have Apple, I can't talk, sorry. Mm-hmm. Apple only lets us put so many show notes on our little phone mm, page that's so. anyways carry so, on would you like to know what she said to luca morta about what the did she writing? say and i'm very sorry to luca morta if i'm saying your name wrong you seem like just like a random blogger in the world pretty sure that's that's probably right it. okay good <laughs> unfortunately i listened to the advice of some mentors that the ideal way to publish was at least one book a month and have many books published i cannot i like to write books with romantic suspense and with different characters for this i need to study research often talk to people who are in this situation and only then wear the skin of the character i intended to write a book in which the hero was blind and was already in discussions with the benjamin constant institute to not only do interviews with people there but to donate all the value collected in the pre-sale and launch week everything is suspended i have so many ideas so many that i can't handle and the ghostwriters were just to help me in some parts and scenes never to write the whole book I often write with ice on my hands to ease the pain. Oh, Jesus Christ. Even so, I can only publish a book every three months on average. Okay, but can, can I can I pause? Please Our pause. queen, mm-hmm. Ruby Dixon, bless, bow, yep. we love her. Um, she publishes a book a month. Basically. I think she publishes really two a month if you include the serials. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she writes serials, like weekly serials. Daily. She does it all on her own. Yeah. They are amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call them original works, and they are full of Mm world-building and romance and just amazing things, and her statement that I cannot publish one book a month, I simply can't do it, I like to write books with all this special stuff, Mm -hmm. if you were a good author, you could do it. Some of us take longer, it took me five years to write my (laughs) first book, Mm -hmm. but it makes me mad i wonder and maybe this is my fault i didn't look at the page count maybe for some reason she's writing really long books but there are a lot of authors and i'm not saying this out of defense i'm just saying it is kind of a culture thing now that a lot of authors will publish a new work on amazon once or twice a month Mm -hmm. i think with the way kindle unlimited is set up there's this expectation now of charging 99 cents for a book 3.99 there's there's a lot of ways that's now okay there's a lot of ways though that amazon pays their authors and there's a lot of room for exploitation and unethical business practices so i think there is a pressure for a lot of people to come out with a lot of new material all the time so i guess in that sense i can kind of see it but and I've read other authors' blogs where they talk about teams of people writing under one name so they can keep churning books out endlessly. Mm-hmm. They stuff books so there's more pages people have to flip through since authors get paid by the page flip. Mm-hmm. And there's review buying too now, which is becoming a problem. Mm. In some ways, it's a very dirty business. Uh, I want to save most of my thoughts for Jackie in our publishing episode. I, but I do think she could have a point in feeling like, yeah, maybe she needs to come out with something new every month. This is not the way to do it do it like ruby dixon where she basically buries herself in her writing cave as she talks about and 
doesn't or like come up Nora for air. Roberts. Nora Roberts too. I read Nora Roberts had a blog post about her writing discipline, and she doesn't do anything else but write. She sits down from like what eight a.m. to six p.m. I don't or think something it's not like that, that long. I think she takes a break in the middle for lunch. Yeah. yeah, she works very very long days. She doesn't go on vacation much. She doesn't go out and talk. She doesn't do a whole lot of kind of like the fun author tours right her job is being an author and she treats it as such and i feel like with a lot of the christine with the um saria things she had a lot of blog posts she had a lot of stuff online of interviews she was doing i kind of wonder if she wanted to have written without actually doing the work so it's the theory oh yeah so i saw a lot of theories online while i was doing this research they there's kind of this idea that she was hoping by giving these ghostwriter scenes from other authors, they would expand expand it enough on their own to make it look different. Like I said before, there can be so much plot overlap and romance just because we basically retell the same tropes over and over again. But it's a different case entirely when you were ripping direct words off someone mm-hmm. else. And that was one of Surya's mistakes. If you want an example of like passages she ripped verbatim, mm-hmm. uh, go to Courtney Milan's blog yep. post that I'll link in here, which the title is hilarious. It's basically you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, and she like does the good lawyer thing and mm-hmm. verbatim like highlights yep. the passages line by line, and she does a direct comparison, mm-hmm. um, like a text analysis, and it's like really unique phrasing that she rips mm-hmm. too. If you even search for the hashtag. The books are gone, but the screenshots will live forever. Oh, yes. Everything lasts forever on the internet, folks. You can't get away from it. So if I was going to be fair to her at all, in the interview, she does question why she would be so dumb to rip off very popular authors. Right? Because she's a narcissist. (laughs) That is fair. But she does directly ask Luca and other people, you know, she's not a stupid person. Why would she rip off popular people and get caught? To this, I say, people have been stupid like this before because Mm. you know what was actually her biggest mistake jackie she pissed off the queen she stole from nora freaking roberts not nora roberts we haven't talked about nora roberts on she is the queen of romance it's probably one of our biggest failings i'm sorry to you guys we need to have a a nora roberts month or something but for people who somehow live under a rock and how dare you she is a massive name in romance she doesn't just write romance Mm -hmm. too i mean she her plot lines are mostly romance Mm -hmm. like they center around romance but she does suspense she's Mm -hmm. gotten into fantasy dystopia um always a number one bestseller new book every single year like every single nine months yeah she well on her blog she says she publishes four a year she does one part of a trilogy she does two jd robs oh right i forgot about jd rob standalone thing yeah so she's got that futuristic sci-fi well, it's now it's not. Now, yeah, no. no. <laughs> the time in the 90s it was very yeah, futuristic. Yeah, it was very futuristic. Mm-hmm. Her and her long leather coat. But overall, she's been published uh, over 200 times. and She's, she's been writing since 1984? Yeah, something like that. She is just one of those classics that a lot of people start off with, and she has a lot of sway mm-hmm. and influence mm-hmm. in the industry. Mm-hmm. She is the queen. Also, like Courtney Milan, she does not take insults. She does not. She is a true down. redhead. So, if I could backtrack for a second and give you guys a scandal inside a scandal. This is not Nora Roberts' first brush with people stealing her work. Back in the 90s, it was a huge scandal when Nora Roberts had a fan approach her on an online me- an online messaging board. You know, if you want to make sure this is the 90s. On an online messaging board <laughs> to tell her, you know, Janet Daly's book, Notorious, sounds really similar to yours. 
This one was actually really sad because Nora Roberts considered Janet Daly a friend and her first instinct was this there has to be a mistake like no way would Janet steal from me. So she gets a copy of the book starts scanning it and realizes <laughs> no she copies word for word. Wow I didn't the know this. Mm-hmm. So it's on her blog and she actually has a lot of entries about this because I think it was such a betrayal. Mm. So she contacts Janet and she's like well what's going on and they're very much like we're so sorry it must have been a mistake oh my like it was just unconscious copying how like so right sorry. there's there was a quote I read about like it being purposeful or exact I wish I could find it again but it was pretty much like once or twice, okay, mm-hmm. we live in a same, we live in a bubble, we yep. really do, and we live in a publishing bubble, especially back then, right. romance was so small, mm-hmm. that it was, it, it, it could have happened, right? It's like, more than so many times, oh, Jen's gonna say something. The thing was, though, the publisher actually asked Nora Roberts, so, sorry, the thing was, the publisher actually asked Nora Roberts to sit down with Notorious and copy all the sections that you know janet had accidentally taken Mm. so they could fix it in the republished version and it was more than once or twice it was way more than (laughs) once or twice nora roberts was finding pages and pages and pages and it got to the point where she realized she really can't use this book because so much of it is lifted from nora roberts work wow so huge mistake on the publisher part yeah hey do you mind going through this book that somebody else stole from you and pointing out all the pieces that were yours which a lot of nerve on their part by the way at this point Nora's like you know what no more I'm not standing for this she calls lawyers there's a lot of fighting Janet calls her crying to apologize to be like it was only one book I was so sad and stressed out and I didn't know what to do wow see at least she fessed up to it like right away (laughs) no oh listen so Nora's kind of like okay if it was one book she gets off the phone she looks at other books it is multiple books. <gasps> oh, no. She just finds more and more evidence of plagiarism. So she sues. She ends up winning a settlement and donates all the money to literary organizations. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. I love Nora. She never talks to Janet basically ever again. <laughs> oh. And even after how public that was and how painful it was, people still stole from her again, even before Saria. So I don't totally buy Saria's, I'm not dumb enough to do this line, because clearly people have tried. I mean... There's a reason in school we are told not to plagiarize. You will be found out. Yeah, it's pretty hard like, to get away with it. Just don't plagiarize, people. I know it's hard. Work. Literally just say stuff on a page. You will exactly. get there. I promise. So knowing all this, you do not mess with Nora Roberts. No, don't mess with the queen. Because you know who hates plagiarism and has a ton of money to use on a court case? Say it with me, Jackie. Nora, Nora Roberts. <laughs> she has a lot of money, guys. So guess what? Nora Roberts ends up suing Saria in Brazil. <laughs> the lawsuit states exactly that Saria's books are a literary patchwork piercing together phrases from whose form portrays emotions practically identical to those expressed in the plaintiff's mm-hmm. books, and that the Brazilian author's work also plagiarizes from dozens of other authors. Roberts is asking for publication of Saria's books to be stopped until the allegedly plagiarized material is removed and damages of at least $25,000, which she promises to donate to a literary organization in Brazil. And Courtney Milan was doing the exact same thing yeah. on her front. She just didn't have the powers to mm-hmm. go to Brazil with it. Exactly. I mean, this 
this was would have been a very very expensive court case yeah. not just because of the amount of plagiarism but the but international the lawsuit international thing. but you know who oh. had the money and who oh. was dumb enough to take a Nora roberts work mm-hmm. so as of the last update i could find on Nora roberts blog the brazilian courts prohibited the sale of several of Surya's books and that royalties would be blocked I have not been able to find an update since then, so I'm thinking maybe it got settled out of court, or more likely we got very distracted by COVID since that came right around the corner mm. to all of this. As of today, Surya's social media is gone. She has one single title unavailable to buy in her Amazon store, and it looks like the bulk of those books are taking off of Goodreads. Yeah. The titles that are still up warn readers she's a plagiarist. The final count is somewhere between 80 to 90 books plagiarized from 43 authors. Now... All she has is an abandoned profile with old blogs, a book she can no longer sell. Mm -hmm. This seems to be the last trace of her online. Her career is very much dead, and all that's left are a lot of Twitter screenshots. Not just as a an author, but also as a lawyer. Yeah, it's I mean, embarrassing. Because like as a lawyer, and you plagiarize, and then you claim it wasn't even you, sir. She was a lawyer for twenty years. Twenty two years. Yeah, this wasn't some little kid in their thirties, twenties. Like, oh, I'm gonna take a break and and ice my hands after I do all this writing. <laughs> Jackie, do you want a fun fact? Cheer us up for the next one. What? Janet Daly died in twenty thirteen. She and did. All of these books that are being published under her name are being written by a ghostwriter. Same as V.C. Andrews. Yep. <laughs> or, um, um, oh, man, there's so many of them. Mm. The but universe always comes right back around. Except for Sue Grafton. Oh, yeah, she's done. Yeah, it she will never be finished. The series no. ends at Y. Yep. <laughs> and her yep. daughter, it was in her will, the series will never be finished. Mm. And her daughter or her, it was whatever, heirs mm-hmm. are never to sell the rights to the book series. Yep. Which, I mean, hey, go Sue Grafton. Way to talk about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one thing about ghostwriters before we move in wow. relating to Soroya. Mm-hmm. Her whole argument of, it wasn't me, it was the ghostwriter. Yeah. Well, you were the one who hired that ghostwriter. Ghost you were the one who published those <laughs> bur- books. You are fully responsible still. You could have reviewed the work. You could have edited it and them. fixed it. And then gone on to choose a new ghostwriter. But did she? No. <laughs> she chose to become a romance, quote unquote, author who hired <gasps> ghostwriters so and published work, their work, under her name. <sighs> she is responsible for what she puts out there, including the plagiarism. And honestly, we don't know how much of it was actually a ghostwriter. That's true. So. Mm-hmm. The ghostwriters are just gone now. They're off in the wind. Let's be clear. If you use a ghostwriter, as long as you're not plagiarizing, if you are a ghostwriter, that's totally cool. Nora Roberts has some opinions about that now. Yeah, but you have to admire <laughs> ghostwriters because, as long as they don't plagiarize, because they don't want the fame. They're yeah. like, yeah, I'm good with just getting paid and remaining in the shadows. Mm-hmm. I don't have that power. I'm like, yeah. no, I want my name and picture to be on a book. Yeah, I was thinking about that while I was reading the story. What compels ghostwriters to stay kind of quiet yeah. and to just sell their services and... I understand it, I think, with the celebrities and the memoirists and people that want to help people tell their stories. But I think when it's something like this, I mean, why would you want to write for Saria's ideas? Yeah. You know, I'm a little kind of surprised by that. I wonder just what drives that motivation. You know, I also have to wonder if the ghostwriters haven't come forward with more detail besides the one. Well, because four did come forward. So Four. So they're obviously very anonymous, but some people approached Courtney. Some people approached um, the Luca guy I mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of out there. It's just, again, a problem because you want to be anonymous. Yeah. As, but as also I imagine writer. that they have 
uh, like not restraining orders, but gag orders, pretty much. Maybe. Like when you sign. Okay, so I I don't know anything about ghostwriters besides yeah. the fact that it happens and what we've already talked about. But I imagine that when you sign with an author that you're going to be their ghostwriter, you mm-hmm. sign an agreement, right? Um, mm-hmm. an NDA, a non disclosure yeah, agreement. I think, and I would have expected that from her. She is a lawyer, or was a lawyer. But you know, thinking about with twenty two years under the her other belt. um ghostwriter comments, they said that she wasn't super contactable hmm. and actually she didn't pay them for the last bit of work so they hounded her for a couple of months and she never Ooh, got balloons back to them. sorry turn signal there were balloons across the road yeah <laughs> <laughs> well well aka i'm not gonna swear but this person was a piece of you know what mm-hmm. so i was really hoping for my 25 cents there gonna happen i have some superpowers <laughs> it's gonna happen when we talk about amish i'm telling you uh, and that's the worst one for it to happen in <laughs> with the beautiful amish and their innocent little lambs and you're trying to make me swear right now <laughs> what's next that you want to talk about jen well with all of that <coughs> beauty and majesty covered in terms of plagiarism i <laughs> really want to talk about one of my favorite I scandals just read the title again <laughs> just because of the title jackie I'm not, I'm not going to say it. You're going to say you it. You have to say it. It's not a curse. It's not a curse. I you don't want to be yelled at. Okay. Fine. Can I say it? Okay. Can, can I say Listen, it? Listen, if anybody from Nopal or in the universe wants to yell at somebody about this, go yell at Twitter because that's really who came up with the problem. <clears throat> and then go yell at this author. Let me Jackie, get my voice ready. Do you remember this controversy? Can I say Hashtag it? Hashtag Cockygate. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about roosters, no. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> so it w- it's been a couple of years since this happened. Do you remember much of it? Do you remember when it was kind of going on? I wasn't even aware of it, to be okay. honest. Mm-hmm. Refresh me. So if we're going to refresh real quick before mm-hmm. we get into the nitty gritty, it is about how an author named Felina Hopkins tried to trademark the word cocky for her romance series and how it did not end in her favor. You can't trademark a word. Oh, we're going to dig into that. So... <laughs> I want to just say up front, I went back and forth on whether or not I wanted to include this one. Because as much as I enjoy it a lot, it seems like a pretty cut and dried case. Mm. And I thought it would only take me five minutes to explain. I didn't think there would be a lot of detail. And then you went down the rabbit hole. Well, she pissed me off. Because <laughs> when I was doing my research for this, because I wanted to do my due diligence by Jackie. She's her history nerd, whatever. I was going to do all my research. I'm going to poke around. And I read some articles just to refresh my memory. I ended up finding... A one-year update from Felina Hopkins. Oh, God. Again, the author at the center of all this drama. So just kind of randomly, I found this. For some reason, her name was getting brought up again during the plagiarism drama we just covered. I think it just was kind of a funny thing for people to talk about. So her name was getting thrown around. And she took this very offensively. So she did a whole blog post about how she was not attached to this plagiarism. You should not bring her name up in reference to it. Blah, blah, blah. To be fair... There's no rumors of Felina being a plagiarist. I guess we could give that to her credit at least. Every word she's ever written has been hers. The bar is on the floor. But we'll give her that. Okay, she has written her own books. But she went back to the controversy controversy that had everybody talking about her in the first place. And she stated very clearly. And this is where I was like, no. It was mistakenly and repeatedly shouted that I tried to steal a word from the dictionary and keep it for my very own. What the trademark really meant is that people couldn't make covers that looked like mine. No! No! 
And this is dumb. You're going to laugh at me, but I really just kind of froze at my computer. <laughs> and I was like, what? What are you talking about? This is the total opposite of everything I've read so far and all of these other magazines and articles and Twitter posts and blogs. This ridiculous circle, circus, I, don't, I can't even talk. This. <laughs> You're getting steamed. Ugh! This ridiculous circus was because of covers? Mm, no. No, it so wasn't. I started Googling even more. I went through legal YouTube, and I went into sort of a rabbit hole for a day over trademarks <laughs> yes, you and did. copyright. You were unreachable for a day. I, I got so mad. And then finally she emerged, and she was like, I have gone down the rabbit hole. <laughs> we need to talk about what I learned, because otherwise okay. I would have wasted a lot of time. Educate us. And I want to say to I didn't know where else to put this. I just have to tell you guys. Okay. At the time, she had the most trolly response Ugh. to all of this that I found hilarious. Ugh. I'll give her credit for that. She is so good at just making people crazy. I, Gaslighting. I think, listen, I don't think you cared as much about this, Jackie, as I did because I had to email you and you're just like, Ugh. but I was like, okay, I have to spend some time with this woman just to satisfy my petty soul because it's so ridiculous. This is one of the Facebook posts she posted about this whole controversy while it was happening. <clears throat> I have been brought to tears today for the first time since this attack on me began. Not by the cyber slaughter, but by the private messages of support I am receiving from authors and fans telling me they are afraid of being attacked, but they are watching. And they are behind me. And that I must stay strong. Thank you. Your kindness is the gift of a lifetime. And to those who are attacking, I forgive you. Oh, God. Resentment is a poison that we drink by oh choice. Oh, my God. I choose instead forgiveness. I'm done responding or even looking at the hate. Carry without me. Oh, Jesus Christ. I forgive you. And for the pain... The bystanders have experienced in watching this. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ, on a corn dog. Live with light. Felina Hopkins is an indie author who's written her Cocker Brothers series since 2016 about six brothers, which has now extended into stories about their children and various holidays and kind of slice of life sort of stories. I have a question. Yeah. Is she still publishing? She's still publishing. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm getting to that. On Goodreads, it looks like her last one was published in 2020. But it doesn't seem like a conclusion, so I'm assuming they're still going. I checked on her website, too. I'm not seeing any kind of, like, the end of the Cocker Brothers. Crocker. No, Cocker. Crocker. You put an no, R in I know. There. I, put, I spelled that wrong. It's oh, okay. Because okay. that's okay. the whole Cocker okay. thing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's the Cocker thing. It's Cocker. But my spell check didn't like Cocker. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it's still going on. It's a very popular series. Like I said, there's, like, 25, I think, in the series. Hmm. Uh, I have to be honest here. I've never read the series, and I hadn't even heard of her before the Cockygate scandal. Unlike Jackie, I was aware of it at the time, just because I saw a lot of people complain about it, and I thought it was ridiculous. I still haven't read any of your books, but she claims over, an, um, over a million of them have been sold, so fine. People must like them. At the time all of this was going on, she had sold like 600,000, I think. So that's kind of a big jump in six years or so, but okay. Oh, I have read her books. Oh, really? Which ones? I read Cocky Cowboy. <laughs> and when did I read it? I read you? it in January 24th, 2019. Well, tell us. Did you like it? I gave it three stars, so I don't think I okay, did. So if you, don't, if you didn't remember reading it, it couldn't have stood out to you. Yeah. Did I read the rest of the series? I probably honestly just read it because Cowboy. Mm -hmm. My Goodreads is being very slow. So. 
So according to the court documents I went through, because of course all of the blogs and the Facebook posts she had posted these things on are gone, but they still live on in the court documents. Hopkins was worried that there were too many other cocky titles out there and readers were getting confused about which books to buy. She actually showed the court a few messages from people who were confused because they had bought the wrong books. In one of the blog posts I read, they screenshot some comments from her complaining that people were deliberately copying her titles and covers. She claimed a lot of readers messaged her being like, wait, this has a cocky word in it too, but it's not yours? What? Or, wait, this is the same model you used. What? She uses generic stock covers too, like generic stock yeah, models. Yeah. I know this is a weird follow-up for you guys maybe because of the plagiarism scandal we just talked about. And here she is accusing people of copying her. Why are we not on her side? Blah, blah, blah. But it's a very different concept. First of all, cocky is just a very normal adjective a ton of authors use. Hopefully for obvious reasons, I think we can understand why that word works so well for romance novels. So I think as early as 2012, people have found the use of cocky in titles. It's just, it's common. It's just there. Along with the romance covers that she thinks people are copying, they're just made with stock models. After a yeah. while, you see the same guys and poses over and over again. I feel like I've seen the same tattoos on 20 different books. Maybe authors will hire graphic designers to change them up, but they're just not going to be super original covers unless authors want to invest the money in having a custom cover made, whether that's with an artist or a professional photographer. You're just going to end up seeing the same chests and faces. That's just the way it is. I have to read this review what? from Daisy on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. It says, with such uninspired and overused <laughs> titles, I'm not surprised she needs to cheat in order to keep them original. Instead of threatening people, that's she should really just funny. use time to come up with something new. Oh. I'm just laughing. Yeah, I'm going to say right off to give you guys a spoiler, she burned a lot of bridges yeah. doing this. So we know just being in romance forever this stuff is very common it's very normal obviously hopkins disagreed with us so she ended up filing for trademark protection on may 1st 2018 and i'm gonna settle something right here because i spent way too long reading about this dumb case and watching all the youtube <sighs> she did include the word so she was very she was being very selective in her blog when she said i haven't trademarked a word she did trademark mm. along with the specific sort of cover design that, fun fact, one of the fonts in the original trademarks used a design that she was not allowed to copyright. So it was off a site that she was supposed to be able to use for free forever. It was available to everybody. She was not supposed to copyright that particular mm. font. So I just want to clear that up from the start, since that little nugget was what got me reading about all this copyright and trademark to begin with. Okay, it is both. They would not have spent pages and pages this court thing was like 40 pages arguing about the definition of a word if it was just about the cover okay anyway she doesn't waste any time and she starts sending out cease and desist letters to authors with cocky in the title she tweets that this isn't a very big deal because it would take just a day for you to change everything <laughs> but this obviously is a huge loss of revenue to authors who have already publicized that name who have invested in march in merch or swag mm -hmm. covers might need to be redesigned they might have to update everything on Amazon, Goodreads, Nook, yada, mm -hmm. yada. I, it's a lot of work. It's not going to take is. you a day. There were a bunch of authors that changed their titles just to avoid dealing with her because the letter sounded very scary and they didn't have the money for a court battle. Mm. This is a little bit of the letter she sent to Jamala Jasper, who had written a book called Cocky Cowboy. Good tie-in, Jackie. <clears throat> I am writing to you out of professional respect so that you may rename your book Cocky Cowboy, which shares the same title as my book, 
and republish all versions on Amazon to keep your ratings and money earned. My attorney at Morris Yum Entertainment Law has advised me that if I sue you, I will win all the monies you have earned on this title. Plus, lawyer fees will be paid by you as well. I will do that, but I would rather give you the option. I have had this series established since June 16th, 2016, and I take all the hard work I put into establishing it very seriously. Your hard work I also take seriously. You have the opportunity to adjust, rename, and republish before taking further action. You can do so on Amazon without losing reviews. So I said that in a funny voice, but obviously if you get that letter, it sounds very scary. And it's super annoying and awful. Do you want to know something funny? What? The blog who talked about this, and I got the screenshot from of this letter, mm-hmm. actually had a comment from Hopkins on it. Uh-huh. And this wasn't like a big news story blog. It was just a blog okay. that she decided to write on it. She claims that actually Jasper had stolen the title from her without the decency to change it even a little bit. And that, quote, to be clear, you can trademark a word when it has been differentiated from the rest of the title for a series. I have not threatened anyone. I gave them the opportunity to retitle, which keeps their book, their reviews, their money. Legalities. The word cocky is protected in conjunction with romance novels and any use of the word cocky, which might likely lead the consumers of her book to be confused with a book by that title from another author would be a violation of the Lanham Act. That's, a, that's a, like a trademark act. You don't really need to know the details. <laughs> For clarity's sake, typically a title is not trademarkable or copyrightable. However, when a title has been used in conjunction with a series of books. I have been dying to tell you this, Jackie, since I started researching this. Do you want to know Jasper's response to what? being told to retitle Cocky Cowboy? Oh, my God. She renames her book The Cockiest Cowboy to Ever Cock. For a little bit. It is back to the original title. I checked on Goodreads and Amazon. I was very disappointed. But I just needed to like. I just needed to applaud that. Wow. Wow. So let's just feel that feeling for a minute. Because unfortunately, on top of the letter she sent to a lot of these authors, she also reported several titles to Amazon and Audible that these titles are in violation of her own trademark. And she actually had a lot of books taken down. So she really is not bluffing on this. This really is a threat, no matter what she says. By now, Twitter has heard what she's up to, and there is a massive firestorm heading her way. It's kind of an understatement to say that people are really furious. I couldn't think of a better adjective, or I couldn't think of a better description that, uh, you know, maybe she's a little cocky and thinking she could get away with this. (laughs) It also feels a little scary, like what if this turns into a trend and people try to trademark any of the other common words authors use in books? Side note, Christine Fian did try this with the word dark, Mm. but we don't have time to go into two of these cases. No. But I am happy to say she wasn't as ridiculous about her attempt as Hopkins was. So if we skip all ahead, lots of people protest, lots of people freak out. So she ends up suing three people. Okay. She is going to sue a man who actually files a petition to stop the trademark. She is going to sue an author named Tara Crescent, who is using cocky in her titles. Okay. And she also sues a publicist, not a publisher, but a publicist, who is responsible for one of the cocky anthologies authors put together in order to raise money for legal efforts. She thought it was a publisher, and that's why she should include them in this lawsuit. It seems to be the problem. Oh, boy. So let's just kind of break this down very, very quickly. In the court files, the author tries to argue that 
The word cocky is a source identifier for the Hopkins series. That means when you think of the word cocky in association with romance books, you're going to think of Hopkins books specifically. The judge did not agree. No. Because obviously cocky is a very commonly used word that you can't say is owned by one person. Or one series. One series. There's a lot of laws protecting copyright in terms of you can't you can't do it with one word. You have to have a very descriptive word. Right. The same way J.K. Rowling can't trademark Harry. Mm-hmm. She has to trademark Harry Potter. Right. Because Harry applies to a lot of different people. To just, it's not right. the kind. It doesn't hold up to the level of what they need. Instead of going into more details, I want to say that they had talked about cocky so much in the court cases. And it was really funny how often the judges had to talk about male prowess. because that's how they decided it was defined one of the titles that hopkins wrote was cocky mother's day and the judge just questioned over and over again what does mother's day have to do with male prowess prowess so i will give you that funny hint oh my god and skip all of this other stuff because it goes on and on and on yeah yeah so basically the judge disagrees that the readers get confused by the different cocky titles he disagrees that it describes specifically hopkins series if she had tried something like the cocker brothers or the Cocker Brothers of Atlanta. Yeah. She would have gotten it no problem. If she'd even had a more original cover, it totally would have been fine. But she did not. She was greedy. I, I guess I can't say she was greedy. Maybe she was just too over. She was greedy. Well, because one of the theories was that people think she was doing this deliberately to get money out of anybody who would use the word cocky. Mm. So it wasn't even about her own brand. It was going after authors who... Again, would use the word cocky because it's a very common romance thing. Yeah, especially in Kindle. Yeah, it's just all over the place. So this might have been more of a trademark troll mm. attempt where mm. she would just shut down anybody who would do it. Mm. Okay. So that's one of the theories. I'm not going to say it's definite. I, th- I think maybe she really believes she was protecting her brand. Maybe she seems crazy enough. She seems... I'm not going to say what I was going to think. I was Thank gonna, you. Gonna, okay. Yeah. But... What ended up happening was the judge was like, yeah, this is stupid. I'm going to throw out this injunction. Unfortunately, he couldn't comment on the trademark part because that wasn't really what this lawsuit was about. Mm. But he took down the restraining order she tried to file against these people. And he also allowed the injunction to process against the, the trademark. Luckily, I guess maybe she finally saw the way the wind was going. She ended up canceling the trademark registration on her own mm. so now people are free to, to use the word cocky as much as they love and they do yeah many a time because the what it really came down to is you cannot own a single word title that's a commonly used word by the other authors well think of how many titles you see on kindle right now that are like aliens this exactly. or that it, that was one of the slippery slope arguments people were nervous about what if you do try to trademark aliens like what if Ruby Dixon did try to, to trademark something like Ice? She could probably trademark Ice Planet Barbarians. Yes. But if she just tried to do like a general, oh, I'm going to trademark anything with blue aliens. I'm going to trademark anything with spurs. I'm going to trademark anything with this idea of a cootie. Pro- yeah. like growl- you, you know, you can't yeah. do that because it's so widely accepted as a belonging to everybody. And also coming from a consumer, I honestly don't remember titles. Oh, okay. I That's really don't. I remember the That's author, really funny. and I remember characters sometimes, not all the mm-hmm. time. But like even Sarah J. Moss with her like um, uh, her Crescent City series, I don't even remember the name of the first book, and it's one of my favorite books I've ever read. Yeah. House of Earth and Blood, something yeah, like that. something like that. Anyways, mm-hmm. carry on. So that is how it ends. Mm. It ends with her still writing, which okay, fine, fair enough. You still have a successful series. 
you just don't need to copyright copy cocky and it did end with her trying to get the word that mm-hmm. is why i was mad mm-hmm. she was trying to get the mm-hmm. word i don't care what she said she was not protecting her brand no so in the end i'm not really sure what lessons there are to learn here I put these two scandals together since they deal with plagiarism and copyright and trademarks and this larger idea of who owns ideas. When do you get to say this belongs to you and when is something so widespread and accepted that it belongs to the whole community? Mm. For a community that is about creativity and collaboration and creating beautiful things since we already know how the story is going to end, what does it mean that we've had these kind of controversies only a year apart from each other? I was hoping I'd have something brilliant to say, but I don't. And I have some I would like to talk about. All right, so um, I know we're already having a long one. This is probably going to be our longest episode to date. Sorry, not sorry. It's interesting. Deal with it. Um, I want to talk about two very open-ended issues of plagiarism before we end today's uh, discussion. And the first up, I want to talk about Alexa Riley, who was actually one of the very first Kindle Unlimited authors I ever read, besides Ruby Dixon, thanks to Jen. I think she might have been mine first, too. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And to start with, Alexa Riley is actually a team of authors. They're two best friends. And they wrote smut. Like, it was kinky smut. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. Like, it was candy. I mean, we'd never be able to talk about these books on the no. podcast. It's that level no. of... Maybe we could talk about the plots or some of the things she kept doing over and over again. but Like it surpassed Omegaverse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say surpassed. It's different in a... <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking of some different. of the books that they... T- <laughs> I know. Oh. I'm trying to picture just say, talking about it in general to anybody, but... Oh, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's something we can't talk about, but they were super crazy prolific. Yeah, like, so like 2015 and 2018, I think, was yeah. their heyday. I bought every single book they ever did, which is super embarrassing in hindsight, because they were only a dollar. So I'm yeah. like, oh, good, it's a new Alexa Riley. I'll just yeah. pick it up, before I, especially before I Kindle Unlimited. Yep. They have over 100 books. Yeah, and <laughs> they were coming out with like two to three books a month i mean they were shorter to begin with i think they were like 100 120 pages so they weren't very long but they were fun they all like they weren't terribly unique but they were all like yeah fun and very dirty Mm -hmm. but um it started to be made clear and people started to speak that especially authors that alexa riley was plagiarizing and using ghostwriters to publish their books faster in the end, more and more authors started coming forward accusing Alexa Riley not only of book stuffing, um, mostly because on KDP, Kindle Digital Publishing, you get paid by how many pages a reader reads, so like how many clicks. Um, and they also got accused, of course, of outright plagiarizing. So Amazon took it in hand. They removed all of Alexa Riley from Kindle Publishing, like lickety split. Mm-hmm. It was fast. And it was like 2018. Yeah, I think so. I think. 2018, 2019, somewhere along there. Yeah. Recent-ish. I just remember being really excited one day to download the new Alexa Rally because mm-hmm. I had gotten a message from their like fan post like, hey, we have a new book coming out next month. It was month. the same time they had that camp series come out. Yes. Because it happened in the middle of it. Like, yeah. They were getting ready to release their second one, I yeah. think. And actually, I think we actually have the second one because some of it got released a little bit. We had the second one on Hoopla for a while. Oh, I think so. Or either that or the second or the third one. I'd have to forget which I think, one. Yeah, out. we'd have to look. Like, I could get it at the library, but it was already gone from the Amazon store before I could buy yeah, it. Yeah, and it was fast. And, like, yeah. I remember Jen and I talking about, like, where are they? What are they doing? What's going on? And Alexa Riley claimed it was just a glitch. Their books would be back up soon. Mm-hmm. But that hour turned into a week, turned into a month. 
And now in 2021, the only Alexa Riley books on Amazon are ones I've previously purchased. They are the ones from Karina Press. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I still have all mine on my Kindle. Yeah. They never went away. You just yeah. can't buy any more on no. Kindle. There's no store. more Kindle, like, mm-hmm. unlimited of them. They do have their own publishing platform now, and you can publish their items through Kindle, Eden Books, iBooks, Kobo, Nook, Scribd, and Audio. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a knockoff Audible, but um, they also host a podcast called Read Me Romance yep. with Tessa Bailey. Yeah, they did that before the the whole controversy. Oh, uh, okay. That's been around for a while. So yeah. I think that's why that was safe. Yeah. Because it was a bunch of authors. It wasn't just them. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I think that's why that's been able to be around for a while. But in the end, that's all we know. Yeah. We know nothing. I'm really frustrated about it because yes. I want to know so bad what happened, what the details are. Because I've heard a lot of whispers that they were plagiarists, that they stole, that they book stuffed, that like, there were all uh, these click problems. farms. Yeah. Yeah, that they were doing some really shady stuff. And I can't find any evidence. There's nothing. And it's been years now. Mm-hmm. I like it was this thing that happened and people still talk about it. And they don't really talk about Alexa Riley. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not supposed to like to. her. Because she used to be really public with her kind of yeah. friends. Like, Ruby Dixon would talk about her. and Yeah. They would do those kind of little author uh, – what, what did they call them? When they had a theme that the four of them would write a book for. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, when Ruby Dixon Because Ruby Dixon, Dixon still Ella does Good, it. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were four of them. They were kind of, a, like, friends. And they would yeah. write, like, these It was almost like books. they were writing a series, but it was just a yeah. theme. And, and they would each write a separate it's one. It's still super popular. A lot of authors still do that. Yeah. But all of those people have kind of – backed away from Alexa Riley it feels like yeah and now when you I did today I googled Alexa Riley scandal Mm -hmm. there's like two web articles that pop up in a reddit and that's it yeah it's really strange considering the last two we just talked about had so much evidence yeah so much chatter so much just outrage and people were mad about Alexa Riley but I wonder if they were much more adept at kind of being under the surface mm-hmm. so they could get away with it in like a way changing it just enough, just enough that maybe. formulas couldn't or uh, you know like computers couldn't recognize they it they might have been who Serena wanted to be yeah there we go <laughs> they might have been the goal Chris Chris Serena. whatever I don't know what her name is I'm we not don't care. care she was not good she was not a good author she's gone I she lives in Brazil she's not gonna listen yeah. to this but I'm sorry so. to people who have that name I would respect your name I don't respect her yeah. So, Alexa Riley, if by some chance you do hear this and you ever want to talk about what happened, <laughs> if you are legally able to, we would love to know. Yeah, I'm curious. We would I love to spill the tea. I all of your books. I just found out you're on Scribd, and I subscribed to Scribd, so I'm going to go read all your books now. Because I miss you, mm-hmm. even if you aren't, like, in grace. I don't okay. know. I would still buy them if they weren't two ninety nine for the same length they were. See, on my script, it's nine ninety nine a month, okay. and I get unlimited. Mm. It's like Kindle so it's limited. limited again. Yeah, okay. well, they also they have some like. Anyways, uh, I won't. Anyways, okay. So I do have one last thing I want to talk about, mm-hmm. and it is my petty side mm-hmm. coming out on behalf of the majority of my coworkers. Okay. I'm gonna talk about authorship, and I'm gonna talk about it as a card carrying librarian. I'm gonna talk about James Patterson. Because I don't like James Patterson. Nobody does. It's an open secret. Yeah. I mean, some readers do, but I liked him as a high schooler. Same. I'm so sorry. Sarah and I talked about this earlier. Our it's, one of, it's one of my deepest, darkest secrets. In my defense, that was before he got the co-writers. Yes. When okay. he was still writing his own stuff. Okay. So I think the majority of people in the English-speaking world who have stepped <laughs> foot into a bookstore or a library or somewhere okay. with books are familiar with James Patterson's books. Mm-hmm. Or at least books that have his name on them in big 
bold letters. Now, the big issue that a lot of people have with Patterson, and that I have with Patterson, is that he doesn't write the majority of his books published under his name anymore. And this includes forays into romance, mm -hmm. YA, nonfiction, and now even children's books. Not Nothing good. is sacred. I read his middle school. It's not good. No, no. Like, I used to love Maximum Ride. I never did that one. I tried Treasure Hunters. It was oh. so stupid. Yeah. And it just... I like stupid books. I read a lot of middle school books that are kind of stupid jokes, poop jokes, whatever. <laughs> His ones are just mean and dumb. Yeah. I did not like... Ugh, maybe I should have tried more, but that one I was not impressed with. I was not super impressed that his children's book was going to be written with Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> I so mean, let's he fixed that at least. But let's oof. get into this whole authorship issue. Go take a look at any book in the Patterson section published within the last ten years and take a look at the cover. See the big shiny letters spelling out Patterson. Now look at the bottom of the cover in smaller print. Sometimes it's even grayed out to like blend in with the background, and you'll see another author's name. And that, dear listeners, is the person who actually did the majority of the writing on the book. Now, what Patterson does, he doesn't hire ghostwriters. These are not ghostwriters. If it were ghostwriters, he wouldn't credit the other author or even um, put their name on the cover or even in the back author's page. Instead, what Patterson is doing is a version of co-authoring. It is co-authoring, but it's like a very niche one that he has the niche on the market. So... <clears throat> Instead of being the sole author, Patterson works with lesser-known writers, providing, according to him, extensive outlines, plots, characters, and notes, sometimes up to 80 pages worth of notes, which sometimes are longer than these books, um, to help drive the co-author through the story. Patterson then, again, according to him, goes through, upon receipt of the manuscripts, and extensively edits, supposedly. So he says... The way the process then works is that Patterson will write the detailed outline, the co-author will draft the chapters, and they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, rewriting as necessary, supposedly. Over time, the number of rewrites goes down for each new collaboration, and the co-authors are paid directly by Patterson. When it comes to publishing the books, Patterson takes all control. He has a unique relationship with his publisher, Little Brown & Co., a division of Hatchet Hachette book group and every audio book I listen to they go Hachette audio oh, ew. yeah I know um, he has Patterson has two editors three additional full-time Hachette employees and their own assistants devoted just to Jeez. him and a brand manager who moves Patterson's adult books through the production process oh but wait a marketing director for young adult titles and an overall sales manager all just for books with Patterson's name on them. I'm surprised he works with Hatchet at all. I feel like just have your own house at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, am I going to... Um, so he remains intimately involved in the publication of his books. He handles all things advertising, monitors every single step of the publication process from jacket design, timing of book releases, placement in retail stores. He does everything. So basically he tells this publishing company, Little Brown & Co., what to do and they do it. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll talk about this in the traditional, I keep saying in like the publishing episodes Episode. we do, but authors do not get this power. Mm -hmm. Like James Patterson is unique in that he gets this power. I'm sure Nora Roberts has some of the same stuff Maybe, because she's so she's... well known. James Patterson's like a brand though. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I said kind of sarcastically, he's like a sweatshop of an author. Yes. Maybe that's not he's the, a farm. the nicest thing It's a to farm. Say, but... All these articles I was reading kept referring to it as his stable of mm -hmm. authors. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> and then this poor co-author who wrote the original manuscript really did the majority of the work and, like, mm -hmm. came out and sat down at a computer for the majority of the time. 
has no input on the final product. Mm-hmm. But I guess he gets out there because it's not a James Patterson book. Yes, so but it's got Patterson's name on it. Yeah, most people don't look at the the end. Like or like don't, they don't look at the bottom of the cover. Right. They'll be like, Oh, I love this I love this Patterson book. Not like, Oh, did you read the new Candace Fox book? Yeah. Um, and then there's the issue of author's voice. So you would imagine with Patterson doing all these extensive edits, which sounds more like an editor, mm-hmm. with him going back and forth with all these notes and these drafts and these chapters and these characters, it would sound like Patterson when you write right because everybody when he writes of course we have author's voice it's gonna sound like us I have a very different style from Jen has her own writing style Mm -hmm. in case you couldn't tell by the way these podcasts are formatted between the different months and there's a way to diagnose how somebody writes with author's voice and it's called stylometry Mm -hmm. stylometry however you want to say it um and a lot of times it's actually used for issues of copyright and plagiarism in the case of Patterson's co-authors, stylometry has revealed the voices remain unique to the book. That way, they are the co-author's voice, not Patterson's. Mm. All right. Now, I can hear some people yelling. Not cool. But, you know, what does this have to do with romance? Besides the fact that he's infringing on some yeah. romance land yet. My quibble with Patterson, and this is totally petty with me, is not the co-authorship. If these co-authors willingly enter into this knowing the terms and conditions, great. Good for them. Getting published with such a big machine. Right? Cool. However, if you go back to looking at Patterson's book in your hand, dear listener, or on the shelf, you'll notice that there's a pretty bold statement basically plastered all over the cover. Mm-hmm. And do you know what that is? Number one best-selling oh, author. Yeah. World's best-selling mm-hmm. author. Most prolific author in America. Blah, 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 blah. He kind of got there by cheating. Oh, he's not even there. Oh, really? No. What do you mean? So, first off, can he even... Well, okay, so can he even call himself that if he's not the one writing it? That's a good question. Co-author? Anyways, according to the most recent counts, as of, I think it was like September, Patterson has published 200 novels with his name on the cover. Let's go look at some other really famous authors like Stephen King, mm-hmm. Nora Roberts, Daniel Steele, right? I yep. think we could say that those are some pretty big names. Mm-hmm. Stephen King, king of horror and extensive hardbacks, like 600-page hardbacks if not more, has written 63 full-length novels, over 200 short stories, and a career that spans just as long as Patterson's. Nora Roberts has written 225 in her career. That's why she's the queen. Exactly. And Daniel Steele, as of July of 2021, has written over 180. Mm-hmm. So, first up, James Patterson, no. <laughs> <coughs> and secondly, no, there are authors like Isaac Asimov, who is a sci-fi. He has written over 600 books. Oh, my God. Yeah. So when did he have time to sleep? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he was possessed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But a lot of what I'm I, – I see a suspicious correlation as somebody who's had a grudge against Patterson since I started working in the library and had to shelve all of his books over and over and over and <laughs> over and lie. over again. And now somebody has to buy, like, eight copies of the same book for them to never go out again mm-hmm. after two months. Is there's a really suspicious correlation between Patterson really ramping up his co-authorship to publish two, three books a month mm-hmm. and – Nora Roberts being lauded in 2016 as one of the most prolific romance authors. Mm. Where, in my mind, it almost kind of feels like Patterson's like, I have to beat her. I have to be the best. <laughs> I have to I have to dethrone Nora Roberts. I'm mm. like, first off, good luck with dethroning the queen. No, no, no. And that's not really how that works. Has he ever said anything about Nora Roberts? No. 
So this is just in your brain. It's in my brain because I'm like, I don't know, I'm just aware of it. But it's just like, so something that I see a lot in arguments with the like things on the covers, Mm -hmm. there's nobody really telling you you have to put actual real statements on the covers. Like, you can just put whatever yeah, you want. that's true. Especially at his level. He shouldn't yeah. have to brag about, oh, look, I'm so prolific. So there was a really funny, talking about Stephen King, there was a yeah. really funny instance where um, there was a blurb for one of James Patterson's books, and it was like a big advertisement, and a blurb is usually done by another author, mm-hmm. by a critic. James Patterson blurbed his own book. <laughs> and Stephen King was like, wow. along the lines of, imagine being so famous oh, that you, or being so insecure, you have to do with James no, Patterson. Okay. Like, do a James Patterson. I, it's funny if it's kind of joking at himself, but I don't think it is. No, he, he's I'm very fully sure he straight up did this. Um, and it's, it's like just they're the same book, they feel like. Mm-hmm. They're just so formulaic, and I won't get into that. Because I do want to say, if you like James Patterson, yeah. totally cool. If that's what you read, totally cool. I'm glad I you found a book. Beginning. Yeah, I'm glad I found a book. You found a book that you like to read. That's totally fine. I will still buy them for the library because people still want to read yeah, them. Too. We don't but have a choice. It's, <coughs> sorry, it feels like to me he's not really crafting anything anymore. He's no. just a business. Yeah, he's a big name. He's not really a man. Who's, I call him a syndicate. Yeah, because like the instance with Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew with the what the st- starts with the, uh, the Stratemeyer syndicate. Yeah, that's really what it feels like with Patterson. Mm-hmm. It feels like a syndicate. He's, yeah, he's got this farm of co-authors, yeah. <laughs> and he does everything. Mm. He's a publishing house. I think it's even a publishing house like Patterson Publishing now. At this point, yeah. yeah I'm I think. surprised. I, w- I would think so by now. Yeah. So, um, ultimately, I'll always have a distaste for Patterson. Um, I'm not going to hate on you for liking Patterson or saying he's your favorite author. I'm glad you found books you like to read, but authorship as we see with this, as we've seen with Alex Riley, as we've seen with mm-hmm. Soraya or whatever the heck her name is, is always going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jen, have we, are there any lessons we can learn? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to learn anymore. I think in the end, we can all just agree that it's hilarious what the poor legal system has to deal with sometimes. <laughs> we'll, go even, we'll go into that even more next time. Oh, it'll be fun. I can't wait. Anyway, tune back in for our next episode when I talk about what drama went down in Omegaverse and how RWA turned from the hero to the villain. Mm. We're only just started seeing how dark romance can get in real life. Well, Jen, what do we always say? Rage on! Bye, guys. Bye, guys.